Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by an old friend, Buckeye Scoops, Mick Walker. Mick is one of, if not the most inexhaustible recruiting analyst working the Ohio State beat today. If you follow him on Twitter, you will know that he travels nonstop in order to see the very best football talent in the state and the country. Fortunately for him, with the recruiting dead period now over, a bunch of schools in Ohio, especially Ohio State, are having camps throughout this month, and he has been able to see a ton of potential future Buckeyes. Mick recaps what he's seen in the first two weeks of June, what he's looking forward to the rest of the month. He also discussed Quinn Ewers, JT Tuomaloau, and much more. And because Mick is a well-rounded source of information, we even get into OSU wrestling and men's basketball recruiting as well. So, with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Mick Walker. So, Mick, this has been a crazy month of recruiting. We're only halfway through it, and I know you are one of the most inexhaustible people when it comes to going and seeing recruits in person. So before we get into like what you've seen, I want to know where you have seen things. I know you've been at Ohio State's campus and camps, but I know you've been all over the state in addition to that as well. So before we get into the who's, let's see the where's that you've been. If you could give us like a, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a timetable of what you've been doing in the first two weeks of June. Yeah, so the the whole goal of Buckeye Scoop, where I, where I currently write at, is to not only provide the best Ohio State co- recruiting coverage, but also the best recruiting coverage for the state of Ohio. So, so far, I've been places, I went to the first week of June 2nd, I was at Ohio State, like you mentioned, the fourth I was at Toledo, the fifth I was at Bowling Green, and then the eighth and the ninth I was back at Ohio State for their camps this past week, and then June not, um, June 10th, I was down at Cincinnati for one of their bigger camps on a on a Thursday night. So my goal has just sort of been to be at every Ohio university that offers camps this year. For example, Ohio, OU, and Kent State aren't having their own camps. So you have to catch those guys more at satellite camps. But I've been trying to catch up with and see all the different staffs and maybe have some conversation with them, see where we can help them and what how they can help us going forward, making sure these kids in Ohio get the best coverage and the best attention outside of just whether it's the big schools like Ohio State um, Cincinnati, Michigan, all these other big West, big Midwest powers. We want to make sure everybody in Ohio can possibly help find them a college at the next le- a place to play football at the next level. Yeah, and I know that you're super passionate about helping these kids get exposure, whether they're going to end up being a Buckeye or a um, a Bearcat or somebody else. Um, so what, where are you headed for the rest of the month? Do you know yet, or do you kind of, is it up in the air and you just kind of see what's happening when, what, what's your plans for the next two weeks? Yeah. So the, I'm looking at different dates. Obviously the Ohio state's got three more camps left. We're halfway done with their camps. So we'll still be there. We'll still, I'll still be at those and check out all those, but I want to get back down to Cincinnati, Toledo, um, Bowling Green, possibly again, but also Miami of Ohio is one that I have towards the end of June that I'm looking to get towards cool. and just sort of seeing every place I can get. Nice. Well, OK, so we've we've set up the fact that you have done your due diligence. You've done your work. You've been a little bit of everywhere. So the question that I want to start with is what has been the most impressive 
thing you've seen so far? Is it one player? Is it a group of players? What has been the most impressive thing you've seen in this first two months of, you know, the first in-person recruiting month in nearly a year and a half? Yeah. Selfishly, as a guy that lo- loves football, I always like it when you get to see these guys that everybody else has sort of seen and covets as a five-star pro- prospect, just because you want to see what a five-star prospect is like. I got to see that this past spring when I went down and saw Travis Shaw down in North Carolina playing their spring season. But the when you're talking about just pure impressive things I've gotten to see this this summer, it has to be Shamar Stewart, the five-star mm-hmm. defensive lineman, one of the top prospects in the country. He came up and camped with Ohio, at Ohio State earlier this um, this past week, and he just put on a show. One of our other writers at, um, at Buckeye Scoop, um, Bill Green, said that it was the most impressive workout he's ever seen take place Wow! at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, which obviously when it comes to high school athletes, uh, camps and whatnot, it, it has had their fair share of talented athletes come through. But Shamara, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, 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 whatever he is, 270 pounds, moving like a linebacker, moving like a, a guy that could play at the second level of defense, he just absolutely tore it up. There was other talented guys there that put on a show. You want to give the love to the PPI guys, um, Hiro Kanu and uh, Theo Mellon, the guys that came from um, Germany and Sweden, um, respectively, and came and worked at Ohio State. But what, for the most impressive thing I've seen so far this year, it has to go to Shamar, Shamar Stewart. Yeah, and those PPI guys, I think um, they actually stayed an extra day. Like they changed their their entire flight schedule so that they could spend an extra day in columbus as well right yeah so their their plan was to make a ton of different drives michigan obviously has a, a member of their ppi um, alumni on their roster right now so the plan was for some of those guys to go up and see michigan but um specifically hero and theo the two guys that have ohio state offers stayed back um hero did a private workout with larry johnson the the ninth which after working out after doing a full camp on the eighth um, he did a he did a, a private workout with Larry Johnson, and with that went well. Uh, as for Theo, the 2023 tight end, he didn't do much the second day, but he did sort of stay around, spent more time with Kevin Wilson, worked out, watched some, um, just sort of watched the other tight ends and the other wide receivers go through the day, sort of learn whether it was from Kevin Wilson, Brian Hartline. They all just really want to stay around because you get to hear from those Ohio State coaches and learn from them, and that's a big thing that both Theo and Hero um, harped on is why they want to stay for an extra day. Yeah, and this these individual workouts that you mentioned, these are new uh, in this recruiting cycle, the first time that they've really been able to do this. And what I think is really interesting is I think a lot of people are talking about who gets the private workouts with coaches. And I, I feel like we're kind of missing the boat in a lot of these discussions. A lot of people are assuming that these are ways for the players to audition for the coaches. But I assume it's just as much for the coaches to audition for the players, especially when you get to these top talents. Larry Johnson is one of the best, if not the best teachers of defensive line skills in the country. So he wants to be able to show those high level athletes what they will be getting from him. As you've been watching these workouts, how do they work? Is it more about trying to get the most out of the players and try to push them so that they can show out? Or is is it the coaches trying to be able to impress on the players what coming to Ohio State and being in their position group will be like? Yeah, and you sort of talk about it, whether it's Larry Johnson, Brian Hartline, Kerry Combs, all these guys have different drills that they rely upon and they go to every day and day out when it comes to practice. And you can talk to the, the current Ohio State guys about what those drills are, and they'll go, yeah, we do that every day. That's what even Larry Johnson, both Larry Johnson and 
Ryan Hartline and both put their guys that they worked out this past week through those drills and just sort of see how they move. And like you mentioned, show them motor practice would be like at Ohio State. Show them the knowledge that they have. But also, I mean, a guy like Hero Kane, who's coming from Germany, he's a very talented player, but he doesn't have the defensive expertise or any of the sort of the prowess that all on the defensive line that a lot of other guys have. So he's coming to learn a lot from Larry Johnson. Well, a guy like um, Antonio Gates Jr., who visited, um, who did a private workout with the um, Brian Hartline, even the defensive back staff, he's been playing football for all his life. He just wants to get a feel for what it's like at Ohio State, and they want to get a feel for what kind of prospect he is. Yeah, and it's a, it's super interesting to see how these have been employed over the first few weeks of June and what they will mean for the recruiting of the individual players that do these workouts. So that'll be fun to watch uh, moving forward as this recruiting cycle wraps up over the next six to eight months. But speaking of that, we've got about six-ish, a little less than six months, I guess, um, until the early signing period. From the vibes at the Woody, from people you've talked to, from people you've watched, um, we've obviously gotten one boom so far in the month. It, who who do you think might be on the radar of potentially being another commitment that happens in the next week, two weeks, to a month that's already been on campus in June so far? Yeah, we've had um, the infamous Nevada Buck, who's a guy over at Buckeye Scoop that mm-hmm. does great work, great insider. He's thrown out two of his sort of equal sign crystal ball things that he does. Won't give them both away, but we'll go we'll go with one, and that'll okay. be a 2023 wide receiver. And um, his name's Carnell Tate. He's originally from Marist High School near Chicago, but now he's down at IMG, going through their training regimen and doing everything that they do. But he was a guy that came up, worked out with Brian Hartline on the eighth, stayed stayed visited on the ninth, and he's going to come back again hopefully on June 22nd, which is another camp day. So if he registers for the camp. He can once again work out with Brian Hartline one more time, and then he's planning to stay through the 23rd. He's also coming with his mom this time, which is different because last time he just came with his dad. Hmm. So when you talk about a guy making two different trips, five-hour drives from Chicago to Ohio State twice um, twice in the month of June for two days each time, coming with both of his parents, just a lot of the writing is on the wall there, and it's an offer that he coveted for a long time. Now you have to put it in perspective as well. He was at Notre Dame just before he came to Ohio State the first time. He's currently at Texas. So there's obviously different things. He's surveying everything he can and sort of formulating an idea of where he wants to go. But when you talk about two trips, same month, both on camp days to work out with Brian Hartline, you like what you hear when it comes to Carnell Tate and Ohio State. Yeah, and he would be the first commitment for Ohio State in the 2023 class, um, and that would be a good one to get. Obviously, if we want to hear the other um, prediction from Nevada Bucks, you can head over uh, to BuckeyeScoop.com and subscribe there. And, of course, we'll have links to all of that in the show notes and in the article version. But you mentioned guys who are coming back for multiple visits in the same month. We know that after being on campus in the first weekend of June, Number one uh, player in the country, Quinn Ewers, appears to be back in Columbus this weekend as well. How important is it to have that guy, the number one player in the country, who's going to be the quarterback at Ohio State in the future, coming back on campus as often as he is, not only for his own development to get used to working with Ryan Day uh, and Corey Dennis and Kevin Wilson and the offensive staff, but also to help recruit some of the other guys that might be on campus in these individual weeks? Yeah, and I think I think you put a great there on the two things that he can really do because last weekend he came for the official capacity. So he can't work out on those. He can really only do a visit, be with the other recruits. 
for example, Mario Borg, who's another Texas guy who Quinn is close with, was on that first official visit weekend. He was there. He worked out with them. Like, I mean, he didn't work out with them. He visited with them, did all the tours and whatnot. Now he's coming back this week in unofficial capacity. So you're talking about we go back to that same one-hour workout rule that we talked about with Hero Canoe, um, um, Antonio Gaines yeah. Jr. They can apply that to Quinn this weekend. He can get some work with Corey Dennis, Ryan Day. But another big thing for Quinn, the, the big reason for Quinn this week was without a doubt getting to sort of help and work with his um, high school teammate and Landon Sampson. Landon Sampson. He's a wide receiver, three-star guy out of um, South Lake, um, um, Carroll High School in South Lake. Uh, sorry, Carroll. Yeah, South Lake Carroll High School down there in Texas. He's a guy that put up big numbers with Quinn this year. And Ohio State's sort of looking around, trying to find a fourth wide receiver. They worked out two, uh, two high, uh, low four-star, high three-star guys this past week. And that, um, Sampson fits in that mold. So that was uh, Quinn's big thing coming out to work out with him, work out with the coaches, and just hopefully maybe he can – help his guy earn an offer so they can not only fill that fourth wide receiver spot, but also Quinn gets a familiar face up here in Columbus with them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned kind of filling some holes in the wide receiver room. We've seen some attrition in terms of, of transfers over the last year or two. We've seen um, players move from wide receiver to tight end. It now looks at Ohio State, and this might not be something that you, because I know you focus a lot on the high school players, but it looks like Ohio State is now um, potentially trying to bring in a wide receiver from the transfer portal um, who's trying to look like to move up a rank um, is Dalen Baldwin, who is from uh, Jackson State. And um, apparently there's a lot of smoke going on that he could be joining the uh, the Buckeyes with two years of eligibility left, which is a pretty interesting move for Ohio State after he'd signed with Morgan State, transferred to Jackson State, and now is looking to move up to uh, FBS and potentially at a school like Ohio State. Yeah, and he, he's an interesting guy. He's another guy that because of where he is, because he's sort of the transfer portal, they were able to take advantage of that workout rule, get him on campus, move him around, which is, I think you see a big reason why um they they took they took the next step in offering him but he's going to be an interesting case because he he's picked up a handful of offers since entering the transfer portal and doing some of these workouts and even despite the fact that he is playing at jackson state now in mississippi he is a a farmington michigan guy so he's got some ties to the state of michigan he's got some ties to the michigan program and they need a lot of juice when it comes to their wide receiver room so don't be surprised if he looks heavily at trying to make a move there to go up to ann arbor um which would make sense for not only him, but also Michigan. If Ohio State was able to pull him, obviously it gives some nice stability into the wide receiver room that could be losing guys like Chris Olave and um, Garrett Wilson this coming year when it comes to the NFL draft. Yeah. And then you're sort of trying to replace this with younger guys. So this is adding some experience that doesn't change the, alter- the, the way you look at the roster for too far down the road. So I want to look forward to what's left in these third and fourth weeks of the month of June here. Who are you most looking forward to seeing, um, that, whether that's in Columbus or across the state? Um, what are you hoping to learn from these next two weeks as we wrap up this whirlwind marathon of a month? Without a doubt, the most interesting thing that I, I'm probably keeping an eye on has to be the 2023 quarterback sort of search competition that you could, I guess you could put it, for Ohio State, they've already had a handful of really talented four or five-star guys come to campus, work out, earn some offers, and they're going to continue to have that um, throughout the next three camps. So just be interesting to see those guys get on get on campus, 
work out at Ohio State and see what they can do, see if they can earn an offer and maybe eventually end up being the 2023 um, quarterback for the Buckeyes. Outside of me specifically, CM, I think you have to mention JT Tumala coming up for his visit. Mm-hmm. It'll be a very interesting case to see how that goes. Um, when you look at the, if you can find a visitor list, you got, we have a big one over at BuckeyeScoop.com with everybody coming on every every day that they're coming. If you look at that list, there's no other defensive lineman coming. Um, there's oh, interesting. Only a few what do you say? I said that's, that's really interesting and probably really smart to uh, give Larry Johnson his full and undivided attention. Yeah, he's got no other defensive lineman coming on. There's only a handful of other actual prospects at Ohio State's recruiting to, that are visiting that weekend. Um, some might not even make it up um, when you talk about how their recruitment sort of trending. So he's going to get a lot of undivided attention from Larry Johnson, Ryan Day, Kerry Combs, uh, Brian Hartline, who recruits the Seattle area, so on and so forth. That'll be the most interesting thing when it comes to visits for, to watch, uh, when it comes to what we're going to actually be able to see. It has to be the 2023 quarterback competition. Yeah, and there's been a lot made about this because you've got the guys like you know C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller and Kyle McCord already on campus, and then of course we've talked about Quinn Ewers showing up there. The a lot of the conversation has been about whether Ohio State is either going to be able to or want to land a huge five-star guy in that class, or will they look for a guy who might be a, a more of a lower four-star prospect who might have to be able to develop over time because. If you bring in another five-star guy, the chances are at least two, if not three of those guys are probably going to transfer. And that just kind of throws the stability of that quarterback room up into uh, up in the air. From your vibes of things, obviously, uh, Malachi Singleton or Malachi Singleton um, from Georgia has been on, on campus and spoken really highly of the Buckeyes. But what is your vibe on this? Is Ohio State going to end up either going after or potentially landing a huge big name quarterback, or are they going to try to find a guy who can maybe be in the room for three or four years and potentially, you know, contend to be the starter when he's a junior or maybe even senior? The vibe, the vibe that I get, and it's going to probably, when it comes to um, recruiting, there's a lot of star, the stargazers as people like to call them when it comes to recruiting fans, looking at big star names. I think if you, if you were to put some true serum into the coaches at Ohio state and ask them what they want to do, just the vibe I'm getting is that they would want to keep it Midwest, maybe maybe even specifically mm-hmm. Ohio when it comes to their guy in 23 as a guy that they can sort of get on campus, develop, keep around for a few years, and just be a, a stabilizing force in the in the uh, high state quarterback room for not just this season or not just the season they're here, but for a few more seasons afterwards so they don't have to constantly hit the portal or try and take two quarterbacks. So keeping it somewhere or a guy that wants to be at Ohio State that can that is not too far from home feels comfortable being there and staying there for a few years. That's probably the vibe they get. So Singleton and Arch Manning and guys like that probably aren't what you think Ohio State will end up getting. I I doubt that they would turn them away um, if they said they wanted to come, but that's probably not the angle that you think that they're going to be going then. No, and it's Ohio State hasn't really fully embraced this yet, but when you look at sort of what maybe a Clemson or an Oklahoma has done, go back and look at the recruiting. They they get DJ Uyunglele. They take a break last cycle or this this current cycle or last cycle, and then they chase an Arch Manning 2023. Same thing with Oklahoma. They landed Caleb Williams last cycle. They take a break in 22. They go big after Malachi Nelson in 2023. This sort of is the new age of recruiting when it comes to quarterbacks. You get your guy, you take a you take a developmental guy or a transfer guy, and then you go get your guy again. That way, 
there's a cycle of two or three years a guy gets to start. You got your next star coming two or three years. And Ohio State hasn't fully embraced that yet under Ryan Day, but it could be something you sort of see them look at. And 2023 would be the class where they'd have to take somebody that they see as that sort of developmental guy and then shoot for the stars in 24, which is why you saw them offer a guy that visited um, this past weekend, Adrian po- um, Post out of um, Morning, Morning Surface in Miami, Florida, who could be a big-time prospect in 2024. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, all right, make it, it, we'll wrap up with talking about some stuff other than football because I know in addition to the football stuff, you also cover um, basketball and wrestling recruiting. Um, let's start off with wrestling because you've written a lot about wrestling here lately. For those of us that do not follow wrestling uh, at, at all, let alone less wrestling recruiting, what do we need to know about who Ohio State has been bringing in and what that could mean for the program if they are actually uh, able to get some of these top guys to commit to coming to Columbus? Yeah, it sounds a bit goofy to maybe say this when I will, but Ohio State sort of went small last cycle. They did land the number one overall prospect, uh, wrestling prospect in the country and Patty Gallagher out of St. Edwards in um, Cleveland, Ohio, but they only took a handful of guys um, it's weird with scholarships in wrestling. So not a lot of these guys took full scholarships or large scholarships. Right. They, yeah, took, yeah. They, they took a, a certain amount of guys that took the top guy that they could get, but they also had the idea in mind of going small last cycle to go very big. This pat this come this current cycle, they've already got three big names when it comes to Seth Shumate, Nick Feldman and Gavin Brown committed. Those are three top 100 guys. They had four other top 100 guys on campus last weekend including three guys in the top five, whether wow. and that's um, Jesse Mendez, Nick Buzakis, um, Rylan Rogers. If you want to hear from Jesse and Rylan Rogers, you can go on Buckeye Scoop. We, we talked to both of them this, this past week, and we're hoping to catch up with Nick Buzakis here soon. But the, that was always been the plan is to chase these big names in 23, I mean, in 22, and sort of just restack this roster to get it to the point of where they're competing with the Penn States every year to try and win a national title. And that's just sort of how you saw it play out last weekend when they got those seven top 100 guys on campus. And how did that weekend go? Were the were the guys? And I know you said you've got those two articles up on Buckeye Scoop, but just in general, did it go well? What's the vibe with any of these? Are they thinking about committing anytime soon? Are they going to play the rest of uh, the recruiting cycle out? What's the what's the thought moving forward for when we might hear something from these guys? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing when it comes to what, what they want to do going forward is a lot of these guys and wrestling wrestling guys aren't the football guys when it comes to right. sort of playing up the process, making it a big deal. They want to get it get it done and get it out of the way. Currently, wrestling coaches can do in-homes. I don't know all the um, recruiting regulations, but they can do in-home visits right now. So that's what they're doing. Recruits can take official visits, come to campus. And I think you'd like to see even uh, uh, Jesse Bendez, who I mentioned earlier, he's going to go to – uh, junior worlds and Russell, Russell, um, not Budapest, but it's a different, another international country. But then other than that, Nick and Ryland are two guys that you might be able to see commit before the season. And when I say before the season, that's, um, your, um, whether you're October, November, those, um, late fall months, that's when you could see them sort of boil down and the fruits of this past weekend, um, come to labor when it comes to commitments. 
Very cool. Something to look forward to. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Um, Ohio State men's basketball currently has the number one class in the country in 2022 with um, three commitments, two in the top 60 and, and Roddy Gale Jr. and Bruce Thornton. And then they have the only in-state prospect um, who is Bowen Hardman, who's number 140 in the class. A lot of the conversations around Ohio State, not only basketball, um, but basketball recruiting specifically, has been about trying to get a big man on the roster, whether that was through the transfer portal, which didn't end up happening um, in the 2021 class or in this 2022 class. And a lot of the guys that they've been bringing into campus and making offers to have fell in that big four or a five category. Um, What are your thoughts on who else might join this class or if not specific names, what Chris Holtman and company are looking to round out the class with in terms of numbers, positions, uh, and types of guys they'd like to see come in and join the Buckeyes in 2022. Yeah. So um, last week was a huge wrestling official visit weekend in terms of just officials. And as a group, this is a, this current weekend is a huge one for basketball. They've got Bruce Thornton on campus. So you mentioned Ronnie Gill Jr. is on campus, but he also came with his teammate, Kyle Flipowski, who's a uh, high four-star center out of the um, Massachusetts area and a guy that Ohio State has a lot of ties with, whether it's Roddy being his AU teammate, Jake Diebler being his lead recruiter, who has been the lead recruiter on all three current Ohio State commitments. He's just grown a big relationship with Diebler and the whole Ohio State staff. So when it comes to um, you mix top targets with most likely targets, I think Lepowski is your guy that's right up there. So that makes this weekend a huge one. And I think he'd be a guy that when it comes to if they could land him, he'd be a great fit in Ohio State when it comes to personality, um, scheme fit, when it comes to the actual on-court stuff. And obviously, he'd feel comfortable with a guy like Roddy here. And they also brought Bruce up this weekend. So he'll feel comfortable with Bruce. And Bowen's coming up um, Sunday or Monday. He's coming up early early this coming week. So they, they've got a lot of things cooking with the basketball. Other After Kyle Flipowski, um, you talk about a guy like A.J. Casey, who's a high four-star, like power forward type out of Chicago. And they got him on campus earlier last week. You, you're seeing them. They're getting a lot of these big men on campuses on campus early, trying to get a feel for them. And then you mentioned earlier my busy June schedule, my busy July schedule comes in <laughs> when it comes to you getting the live periods back for basketball. We'll get on the road, see what our Ohio State coaches are at, see what they're seeing, and just different offers, recruiting pitches going out to guys because um, July is going to be a big basketball recruiting month when you're talking about uh, Peach Jam and all the other big AAU events. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's very exciting. And uh, I know uh, there's very few people that cover recruiting as uh, diligently as you mix. So I appreciate you giving us this insight. Uh, get some rest. Uh, I know it's your uh, fiance's birthday tomorrow. So uh, make sure that you uh, uh, spoil her tomorrow because I know how much you're going to be on the road for the rest of this month and next. So thank you again for all this information. And we, of course, will have all of the details on how people can read all of your stuff and subscribe to Buckeye Scoop in the show notes. So uh, thanks again and enjoy the rest of uh, this summer before we get to see things back on the field in the fall. Thank you, Matt. Thank you guys for everything at Land Grant Point Land. Anybody that follows me now knows that this is where I started. So it was great coming back on and talking to you. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a podcast together. But we did a few recruiting podcasts back in the day. We did. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land's The Dotted Line Podcast. Also, thank you, of course, to the great Mick Walker. In the show notes and in the article version of this episode on Land Grant Holy Land, we will have a link to his Twitter account and to his articles at Buckeye Scoop. But you can and you should follow him on Twitter at Mick D. Walker. 
If you are finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are cranking out episodes nearly every weekday, and they all have unique perspectives and voices that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.